What is up today, everybody? Hello, it is time, as you guessed it, for another episode of Philosophy. It's your host, your boy Phil, over here in Life Point Church down in Eustis, Florida. Today's guest, we have the one, the only, Keegan Shoemaker. Good morning. Did Good. I pronounce your name correctly? You did, Keegan Shoemaker. Awesome, that's Glad awesome. Glad to be here. So, uh, so Keegan, uh, so we met, um, how many years ago was that now? About like, two years. About two, it was, <laughs> sometimes it feels like, feels like longer, but about two years ago, um, we met and it was we. I was playing a late night night of worship, and I reached out to you guys, kind of invited you guys out, and then you ended up uh, being the keynote speaker for the event, which that was fun. Yeah. And so, and then brought you guys out, kind of every year since. Invited you guys out. Um, fortunately, we're not doing one this year, just. Uh, for you know personal reasons, we just didn't have time to pull one together this year. Yeah, but yeah, man. So um, well, well, hold on. And we did okay. a night of worship, but then we also, you know, we had a little event at our church, oh. a youth event, and we had you, you and late night come out and oh, yeah, and lead us you know. for that, and that was awesome. And yeah, it's been a cool little friendship of ours. Yeah, it's been really fun. We've we've grabbed lunch and grabbed breakfast. I, uh, you introduced me to that little breakfast place right by my house. That's a good spot. <laughs> it's a really, really good spot that I lived two minutes from that I had no idea existed, <laughs> which is great. But, uh, but yeah, man, so our friendship's been fun. It's been, you know, we kept we keep up all the time, just kind of, you know, what's new in your life, what's new in mine. So uh, so tell the folks that, the t- as I jokingly say, the tens of listeners, uh, a little <laughs> bit about yourself. Who are you? You know, where, do you, where are you from? Where are you born and raised? So yeah, kind of give us a life story a little bit. Yeah, so right now I live in Eustis, Florida, a youth pastor here at LifePoint, um, but kind of got here from, uh, you know, went to Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia for seven years and uh, got trained up for ministry there. And before that, I was uh, grew up in Augusta, Georgia. So yeah, nice. lived in the South most of my life, all my life really, and uh yeah, when I was at Liberty, I met my wife, and now we have a two-year-old daughter who is fun and wild and growing very quickly. That's and, exciting. And, yeah, that's, that's mostly my story. We um, uh, like to read, play sports, nice. you know, all that stuff. So Cool, man. So what – so you're, you're a youth pastor. So well, when did you – because, you know, like they say, God calls us all into our ministry positions. When did you feel called to be, like, youth pastor? Like, like that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one for me. I uh, felt called to ministry pretty much with my cap and gown on. When I graduated high mm-hmm. school, um, I had been wrestling with that uh, call for a while. I was a pretty new believer at the time. And so right around my graduation time in 2014 – I told my pastor, I think I'm called to ministry, and he really encouraged me in that. And, you know, it took a little bit of a, a windy path to get there, but when I went to school in Liberty for ministry, I really felt this calling and this skill set or this um, de- this desire to do small group ministry with adults. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of college small groups. I like did a lot of my training in there. And then as I neared graduation, my mentor really encouraged me to pray about being a youth pastor. He thought I would do really well. And that was something, you can ask my wife, I never really wanted to do. <laughs> um, and she never really wanted me to do it. She was like kind of nervous. She was like, man, you're, if you become a youth pastor, you're going to revert to your pizza eating days and your video <laughs> game playing days. And I don't know if I want that. And 
uh, obviously she's joking, but, um, we, uh, we prayed about it and, uh, we just, uh, it was actually a, a sermon we were, we were listening to, to at a church we were visiting, uh, in South Carolina. And for whatever reason, uh, I don't even know what the message was about, but what I took away was basically Keegan, you don't get to tell me what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. I tell you what you're going to do. Right. And so I, at that moment realized that God was calling me in the youth ministry that I didn't get to say no to that just because of some weird stereotype I might've had of it. And by the time, by the time we got back home from our trip, uh, we had applied or found and applied to LifePoint. Nice. So, yeah. That's exciting. So LifePoint's your like kind of first like church that you worked at? LifePoint is my first full-time church. Nice. Yeah, I, um, Jess and I both actually worked at our previous church in Virginia for several years. That's exciting. What and what church did you go to in Virginia? Just curious. It's Thomas Road Baptist Church. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's the church that's tied connected with liberty nice yeah that's exciting i um i've always heard they're a really good church excuse me so yeah so you are the youth pastor here and you know that's always i think it's it's a fun job i think but there's a lot that goes into it i think that people don't know you know from the outside looking in kind of thing yeah i think that's any, any pastor's job really you know there's things that happen that you know, we're like, oh, you know, didn't realize that the thing, you know, mm-hmm. and um, so I think, you know, there's always like the fun sides of it, but there's always like the tough sides and the hard sides too, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm speaking from zero experience being a pastor at all, obviously, um, but, you know, I, I like, you know, I follow you on, you know, stuff and i saw you you're like you know when you got the new switch you know like had to beat all levels to unlock all the characters that <laughs> yeah. was fantastic i was like so yeah, that was crazy i was so upset i got the nintendo switch like the day before the event and i had like zero characters unlocked i'm like <laughs> oh it took so long to get like characters <laughs> and then you're right there is like fun aspects of that you know Although I will say, you know, playing Super Smash Brothers by yourself gets pretty old after about 30 minutes, you know. <laughs> um, but, funny. you know, it is t- tough. You know, we have, you know, all these students come in, and I don't know how much you remember of, like, yourself as a teenager, mm-hmm. but you, you're going through a lot. Yeah. And I feel like that maybe is even intensified now with, you know, COVID and mm-hmm. social media and just parent stuff. It's just it. our students – don't have easy lives and right. you know so we we have the the privilege of working and helping them through that um but it it is challenging mm. yeah that's um what is so what is your favorite part about being a youth pastor my favorite part about being a youth pastor is honestly the when a when like uh a relationship with a student mm-hmm. becomes more than just like you know, the small talk and it becomes like an actual friendship. Right. Like where I actually enjoy hanging out with this person. Like mm-hmm. I enjoy talking to this person. There's a little level of comfortability they have with you where they're able to like just be themselves and feel like they're not talking to like a youth pastor <laughs> right. who's going to like spill all the, all their life's details, which I don't, but right. they feel comfortable. With That's that. good. And so, yeah, having that kind of connection with your students is really cool. You know, I've had, you know, youth pastors in the past that, you know, I've had, you know, that have, have invested and have, you know, in different ways, you know, like I've had 
in my time, I've been, when I was in youth group, I only had two youth pastors because our church has gone through a few different youth pastors through over the years. You know, people, God calls you in different directions through different times of life. Yeah. And so, you know, we had a gentleman by the name of Jay Mudd, then we had a gentleman by the name of Chris Wegman, then we had David Mormon, then we have, now we have um, Garrett Haywood. And so, like, we got all these people, and so, like, I was under Jay Mudd and Chris Wegman. And so, like, Chris really, you know, him and I kind of bonded really well. Him and I, you know, we had the same interest in music. We had all the same kind of interests and stuff like that. And so him and I bonded really, really tightly. But then, like, I'm outside of youth group now. I'm, I'm just into college, and then David Mormon comes along. And so then him and I are now working together, but I still kind of was, like, I, I I still sat under him for, like, some teaching and stuff like that, you know. And so, but, like, it, it's cool to have that kind of bond with your youth pastor. It'll be like, you know, like, you are you are my pastor, but I can, you know, I still can talk to you about anything. I can just, you know. And there's definitely some, you know, as when I was in high school, there were some pastors, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, for you sure. Know, there's an awkward level there. Well, you know, your your pastor's not your doctor. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I don't really, if I see a doctor, like, I'm like, get in, get out. I don't really want a relationship with you super deeply. <laughs> like, if I'm seeing you, usually something's wrong, right? right? Whereas a pastor, you know, yeah, they have this technical expertise, and maybe they're, they're there to help you with certain things and mm-hmm. give you advice and counsel. But at the end of the day, they're they're your brother or your brother in Christ. And right. so, you know, you need to... Uh, you want to develop a relationship with that person more than mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, a transactional relationship. Yeah, that's cool, man, for sure. So what is the uh, – um, so, like, there, there's the, you know, the the outside. Like, you know, we, joked, we joked about, like, you know, you got to unlock characters for on, on, on a Switch for an event. But, like, there's there's def- you know, definitely some non-glamorous sides of things, you know, like you're in there and you're – you know, you're setting up chairs, you're doing the, you know, the little, the little things that people kind of just kind of don't think about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh, that to the simple, simple as setting it like, I mean, setting up chairs is kind of a bigger task, but like yeah. simple as like putting a notepad and pen on the seat, you know, or doing something little like that, you know, there, so I, I really commend you and I've, I've watched you and I've, I've seen you, how you teach and how, you know, when we're at D now, like how you taught the kids and how you're involved and, you know, and you, <laughs> It was like it was not hard to get get in touch with you when we needed something because like you know we were helping lead worship and stuff like that and so right. you, but like you know what we definitely tried to you know respect that as much as we could like you know <laughs> was it not not calling until we absolutely needed you for something because sure. you know we have that like you know oh where oh I need Keegan where's he at he's on the field okay well well let's let's, let's try and figure this out first before we. <laughs> you know have a full out like you know drag you from something away from something else mm-hmm. and so but but what's cool about that is when we needed you you took the time to come over and be like oh yeah it's over here do this do this do this and you're you're, you're good mm-hmm. you know and so because i think that you know it'd be very easy for someone to like just be like oh well this is where my attention has to be right now so i can't focus on that yeah you know i can't deal with that right now so just figure it out do the best you can and whatever happens happens but like you take the time to go you know what like all right cool i'm i can take give me, give me five minutes i'm gonna go finish this i can come back and give you five minutes of my attention you know yeah and so 
I, and I think I've, I've seen a lot of pastors do that, but, you know, I think specifically with you, just in that, you know, instance, it was, you know, you do that really well, you know, the time management and, and making sure that everybody has what they need to do and where you need to do it. I appreciate you saying that, and I hope that's true of me always. You know, that's a, <laughs> it can be challenging, especially when you're at, like, a you know, you're doing kind of a time-sensitive event and mm-hmm. things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, Christians and Christian leaders are servants Mm -hmm. so you know i think sometimes we get a little in our head you know we get you know the green room pastor you know (laughs) and you know at the end of the day you know pick up a mop move a chair like that's your job as a a leader yeah um, because you're a servant you're a servant of the servant christ right you just do what he does and do what he would do and usually that keeps you on the right way that's cool man so what is your um taking a uh a left turn here what is your favorite scripture verse you know i was thinking about that on the way in here i i think that i have different ones in different seasons but Mm -hmm. i think recently because we're teaching on it in youth group we just started it i'm just kind of reminding of like what all that god has done in my life through the book of ephesians Mm -hmm. um so wonderful new testament book written by paul and really, he is talking a lot about identity and who we are in Christ and um, all that Christ has done for us. And so we're working through that with our students, but that's something that, you know, God was working in my heart five, six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I would say seven years ago when I really deeply studied it. And it's always been something I can go back to if I feel stuck or if I feel, you know, you've had that season of your life maybe where you've felt you don't really feel super grateful for what Jesus has done or you like you Mm -hmm. forget what Jesus has done for you you're struggling like I've had those from time to time and so when I have those Ephesians is where I go Mm -hmm. Um, it talks about how we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places Mm -hmm. in Christ Jesus Uh, that's incredible that you have everything you need in Jesus and then it goes on to explain all these different things that you have Mm -hmm. but you know, that's that's a really good reminder um, that I've needed a lot. And even recently, just it's good to remember those things. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I, um, my, I think my, you know, like you said, I really like how you said that we have different scriptures that are kind of our favorite for the different seasons we're in, you know. And I, I think that's definitely cool. Uh, I mean, I've had different verses that come to mind, you know, through different aspects of how I've walked and how I've thought. And, uh, but, you know, one that I think I always fall back to is that Psalms 4610, you know, be still and know that I'm God, mm-hmm. you know, taking time to stop, you know, and anytime that I've, I've taught at youth groups before I've, I've spoken, I've done things like that. I've, you know, just talked to our praise team, think just anything like that. I've always been intentional to tell them to be still, you know, cause you know, you and I know, as, <laughs> you know, cause we've been there and we've seen it and, and we're also watching it now. Like it's you know, even as adults and teenagers alike, it's hard to stop. You know, the world's constantly moving and you feel like if you stop, you're going to get left behind, you know? And so taking time just to, you know, I I encourage them to just take 60 seconds, just stop for one minute and breathe. Yeah. You seen, you seen that trend this week of like, you know, Gen Z discovering like a walk, you know what I'm talking about? They're yeah. like, to, to put your phone away and go for a walk. And they're like, oh, this is amazing. I'm like, well, yeah, that's that's life. <laughs> it is, yeah. You're not stuck behind a screen. Do you also hear this, uh, this is this is a hard right turn, but there's a new 
generation that came out, and it's called Zillennial. Oh, really? The in-between? Yeah. I think I might be in that in-between. Yeah, because it was... Uh, let's see. See if I can find the uh, exact... Um, I can't play the audio because it's, you know, maybe copyrighted. But so millennials um, are born between 1981 and 1996. And um, if you're born 1997 through 2012, you're part of the Gen Z. Now, a Boston University professor said that between 1992 and 2002, you are called a zillennial. Yo, I, I am definitely that. I don't really know if I like the name, but I am definitely in that zone. I, I was born in 96. So, you know, you do, there's a few different things that you kind of like markers of those different, right? you know, groups. And, you know, I, uh, you know, kind of grew up in the digital world, um, but I kind of didn't. Like I had mm-hmm. a few years of bliss before the TV, you know, that everybody <laughs> had a TV in their pocket. Right. Um, you know, and I think one of the big markers um, on a more serious note is like, do you remember 9-11? Right, yes. And I... I barely kind of maybe remember like it's kind of a fog for me i was probably mm-hmm. five years old at the time uh, almost five so yeah it's i'm like not quite in the millennial <laughs> phase but i'm not quite a gen z either i'm in that right. middle zone and yeah and so i i, I like the term i don't I, I don't like the terms millennial i think we could have come up with a better name than that we but, definitely could we yeah. <laughs> have the smartest branding geniuses on the planet we need to get somebody to to do that for us to right. come up with something better <laughs> right because i don't like being branded a millennial yeah because like oh millennials just don't understand well I'm I'm different. Like I think there's a difference with like how you're raised too. You know, like yeah. there's you know there's people that are you know our age that I'm just like really like you know <laughs> like you know I don't want to work. I don't want to you know I don't want to do all these things. And we're not going to get any, any kind of politic conversation on here. But just the you know there there is an aspect that you know whatever side you're on when it comes to that that people just you're like they don't want to work. They want things handed to them and. And I'm I'm from the generation that I was like I was you know it's the same generation but I was taught differently I was raised differently to yeah. you know how to do that and I don't think it even you know I I I don't think it you know your parents may have done well I mean I think there's a personal choice there you know to you're gonna choose to you know are you gonna work for what you want you know when you're eighteen twenty however you are old and move out and go to college and. You know, you realize life is hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's what are you going to do in that moment, you know? Well, every generation has these trends and these generalities that kind of make them who they are. Right. But then you have individual people mm-hmm. in those categories um, who can choose to go with the flow mm-hmm. or they can choose to buck the trends and they yep. can, you know, make decision, make wise decisions. And I think, you know, not to... I don't, not that we don't, I don't mind the rabbit trail, but right. when it comes to youth ministry, I think, you know, for us, we have, this is my world, so I just think about it quite <laughs> often. Um, you know, there are all these stereotypes about Gen Z. Yeah. And a lot of them are true. Right. They are true. They are, you know, we have, you know, people who are um, chronically anxious, chronically mm-hmm. lonely, people who, you know, are really socially uh, compassionate, but not very socially active. Mm-hmm. Right. So they, they, are really passionate about social issues, but not very active in correcting them. Right. These are all definitely general trends that are generally true. And I think as Christian leaders for the next generation, you know, we have to, you know, acknowledge those generalities and mm-hmm. those trends. Um, but using scripture, like critique them and correct them as we help 
parents train these kids to walk in the way of the Lord. For sure. Um, but I definitely don't mind the uh, the fun, you know, Gen Z stereotype Instagram videos from time <laughs> to time as well. <laughs> yes, no, those are fun. Those are, those are fun to watch and things like that. You know, when I, I heard about the whole Zillennial thing, I was like, yes, finally, someone's understanding there's a group of us that, like, you know, were... You know, it, it is also funny to look at, like, you know, when kids that are, you know, 14, 15, you know, they're just out of middle school and they're doing all the same things that you and I did when we were in middle school, high school, exactly. but they think they're the ones figuring it out, you yeah. know? And so like, oh, look, look what I just figured out. That's been around for a long time. Yeah. They're doing, they're doing the same thing, but now they have, you know, uh, they can videotape it and exactly. broadcast it to the whole world. It's like, yeah, we're all going to see that, bud. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, so. hold on. Do you remember... The, the old days when you uh, were maybe playing a video game or something and you could take the cartridge out and just blow on it and it would yes fix it. yes that was a great time that was that was a that was a fantastic time you didn't have to worry about internet you plugged it into the red white and yellow connections on the back of your TV yes. you turn the TV on which that was always a puzzle it's like bro was, I mean not for you probably because you were probably <laughs> born with an AV cable in your hand but we you know we you know it was always like what's the combination to work like red well red white isn't working right now I need to switch right. it up that's so. funny I do I did have stuff like that that I'm like this isn't working what do I do I I still have a PlayStation 2 oh really yes. I have mine <laughs> yes <laughs> which is funny I I I gave I had to get I got rid of my PlayStation One a long time ago, and because I mean I wore that thing out, dude. I I literally was like the you know because you press a little eject button, the disc thing would pop up, mm-hmm. and then it would close. But then after several years of doing that, it wouldn't close anymore. So then I like you ever seen the show MacGyver? Yeah, I MacGyvered it to close and right. stay like. And then I was dealing with that, but then when I was um, I was working at a thrift store, a PS2 came through. And I was like, "Oh, sweet!" I was like, "I'm gonna get this because it had games." And then mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, PS2 can also support PS1 games." So then I was like, "All right, buy PS1." Yeah, got the PS2, so I still have that one. I had a GameCube. Um, GameCube was good. Yeah. My, one of my so classic GameCube games, Super Smash Brothers. But oh, then yeah. there was also the Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, that was a good one. I don't know if you was, remember that, but yeah, there was. Um, it was funny because I actually so I had a GameCube for a long time, and then I gave it to a friend of mine. Like I sold it, you know, and it was like it was one of those like at the time it was a youth that I was mentoring. And, you know, in the AV world and stuff like that. And he was talking about how he he's like, man, I just really want a GameCube. I was like, well, I have one. And it's sitting there collecting dust, you know, had like probably 100 games for it. And, and so anyways, but I was like, so anyways, I was like, well, I'm not just going to give it to you. You know, you got to earn it. And so. You got to like, earn it. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps and earn it. Exactly. <laughs> and so like, I'm like, you got to earn it. You got to make, you got to make something happen. And so he was like, so he worked for it and he, he, and he did like he worked and did chores and I think it was like 50 bucks I charged him for it. And he, so he worked his butt off, earned the 50 bucks doing chores and different things around the church and, you know, just got a little this here and there and finally got the money. So like he was happy because he earned it and like, so he, he really enjoyed it. And, um. But then I was like talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, to other people, and they're like, "I'm like, yeah, it was a black one." They're like, "It was a black one," and they're like, "You had a rare one," because like, they oh don't, man, they don't make the black ones like, like it's the gray one is like the or the purple one is the popular ones, but the black ones just don't exist anymore. 
Oh, I'm like, geez. nah, that's not true. And so I went and researched it. Yeah, nope. There's like, you, when you go look, search up GameCube, like purples and grays pop up everywhere. But when you, black ones are like almost impossible to find. You could have been a millionaire. I know, right? You I was like, been... dang it. I was like, I'm like, I had a like a wholesome moment with this kid. But I was like, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I'm like, I could have made a lot more money than 50 bucks on that. Oh man. But yeah, go back to him and say, hey, I'll take buy it back for a hundred. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then wait like a year and sell sell it again. But. Um, but yeah, man, I, uh, I think it's just like, like I said, the, 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 our generation is like, we remember the, you know, time before cell phone, not before cell phones, but that's, we're not that old, but a time before like the, the smartphone, I guess. Yeah. You know, where I might, I remember my first phone was a little sly phone. You had to like, you wanted to. I would love to see like, just, I mean, it would have, it would be a lot of money, but I would love to see. Like all these kids that have smartphones that just, you know, yeah. they could type four hundred words in a minute. Give them a flip phone with, you know, this the this, the dial pad. And you got to like hit. Oh, you got to hit like six six six. The numbers, five, five. yeah. yeah like you yeah, got to yeah. type that out, and just like all right, you know, put it. Put, like that'd be a that would be a fun youth game. Be like all right, everybody put, put your phone. That down. would be fun. I actually have one in my office. I think I have like an old uh, old phone that did that. And right. I also have the slide the slick like you're talking about like the, the keypad that, flipped, that comes yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but like, all right, here, here's an old flip phone with, you know, and, and it's got like, you can go to like one, one, go to Walmart, spend like 50 bucks, get minutes on it, you know, and, and then just like have a game and be like, you know, all right, text out this phrase. I think, I think that means that we're getting old, Phil, because, (laughs) you know, we, like, this happens to me quite a bit where like somebody will mention a cassette, like, cause I work (laughs) with like people who are older than me mostly. Right. Somebody will mention a cassette and they'll they'll turn to me and they'll be like, "You don't even know what that is, do you?" As a joke, you know. Yeah. And I like, you know, I, of course I know what a cassette is. I don't use them, but I. You right. Know, uh, um. But now we're doing that with the teenagers. We're like, you know, you don't even know what a flip phone is. You don't even know. <laughs> you, you don't know, know what a CD you don't even know is. what it's like to plug your headphones into something. Like you got right. Bluetooth now, and it's just. I mean, I think that's a sign we're old. Yeah, man. It's, I always joke, jokingly say we're getting old, but you know, it's 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 it is truly coming faster than I think I want to admit. But it was um, that was funny. You mentioned the cassette. So last year, this past year at Passion Passion Conference, um, we all drove up together. Like we did, instead of taking a bus, we ended up just driving separately. And so I, you know, so I have my new Toyota seats, you know, like you know, seats seven, seats eight people, and stuff like that. So the first night, there's there was only seven of us that went. And so I'm like, hey, if we all squeeze into my vehicle. We pay for one night of parking, just figure out where we're going. Because this is our first time attending this event where we weren't like a bus. Yeah. And so we didn't have to worry about it. So I'm like, now we got to figure out where we're parking, what we're doing. Like, there's a whole new aspect of this event that we're trying to figure out. And it was pouring. I mean, oh, my gosh. It was downpouring. I couldn't see in front of me, you know, five feet in front of me. So we're driving, and so we got this whole crew of people. And so we finally pull in, and we're like, "There's there's the arena. Now, where do we park? So, mind you, I've been driving for 20 minutes. Not a single person had pulled their phone out and, like, search parking. Now, also, I didn't really ask anybody to go search parking, so I'm not upset that anybody didn't go search parking. But now, like, we're we're at the arena, so I'm like, okay, cool, what are we going to do? And so we pull in, and someone goes, well, there's parking right there, right across from the arena. And so I, I pulled in, pulled up, and she's like, yeah, it's, um, and it's, it's, uh, it was pouring. And so the reason I parked there is because there was, it, it, there was, uh, if you would run to like, the, there's a cover overhang that would take you in, in the arena. So you're not getting wet. I'm like, well, that's worth any price. So it's like 30 bucks to park. 
which for like two hours or whatever. So I'm like, okay, that's fine, whatever. So I pull up my credit card because I'm like, I don't want to put my debit card to some random parking thing. I hand it to the attendant, and my credit card is a cassette tape. And oh. so she goes, you're too young to know what a cassette tape is. And the funniest thing is, is I actually, as a kid, before I – I mean, there were CDs, but before I had a CD player and CDs, I had a cassette player with cassette tapes. Mm. And so, like, I knew all the tricks of, like, oh, it got all unwound, so, like, take the pencils and, and, and wind it back and do all these things. Right. And so because I've had that, she goes – she goes, you're too young to know what a cassette is. I'm like, I do, do know what a cassette is. I said, and she goes, well, what's the one thing about a cassette that only cassette people will know? And so I'm like, you know, you take the pencils out and you wind it up. She goes, I guess you do know what about cassette tapes. <laughs> and so. And That's then, awesome. Uh, you ever seen the, like, the 90s nostalgia videos? You know, like talking about yeah. uh, like VHS tapes, like right. coming soon to you know VHS. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, the like... green screen with the yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, geez. There. Uh, do you remember um, something else I, I joked about that they like Pixar movies? They don't do this anymore. Back like with Bugs Life and Toy Story. Remember they, the lamp, the lamp, thing? the lamp thing. Yeah, they don't do the lamp thing anymore. Wow. Um, but they, uh, but I don't know if you remember ever watching after the movies at, during the end credits. They would do blooper reels. Oh, I think every movie should do that. Right? I think that bloopers are probably the best, the the worst, the best thing to have disappeared from our right. press. Like, yeah. it's incredible. But, like, the best part about bloopers is is the is the animated bloopers. Yeah. You know, like, where they're like, marker, you know, it's like, and it's the, they're walking around and, like, they, they animated a blue, like, their, their yeah, real, yeah, yeah. whatever. I'm like, that's fantastic. That's hilarious. And I was like, you know, like, the movies don't have that anymore. And it's like you, you go watch like any movie and it's just like end credits and it's done. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, old times. You know, I, I wonder, I think it'd be kind of fun if, you know, when when we get to the end of our life and we, you know, have our, you know, our 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 funeral slideshow, we have mm-hmm. a bloopers reel. Like, that'd you just be have, great. That'd be, that would be awesome. Just like all the awkward moments. Yeah. You know, even this week, well, I don't know about the awkward moments. I don't want to cringe <laughs> at my funeral, but maybe some funny ones. But my, uh, um, one of my students told me on Wednesday that they've been keeping a note in their phone of all the weird or funny or like kind of off things that I say, <laughs> you know, you talk, you talk enough, you know, eventually you're going to say something dumb. Right. And so she has a whole note. I'm excited to hear about them. Oh, um, she didn't share any with me yet. She's keeping it a secret, but I'm excited <laughs> to see what I've said. I'm a little nervous too, but that's funny. I did. Um, so I did Mfuge uh, a couple years ago, back in 2019, and we were a travel team. So you're spending 12 hours on the road with people in a bus, and you're spending all these things. So like, I I would venture to say that I think every team, every summer camp team, obviously gets close with their teammates, but I think that no one gets closer than a travel team. Mm-hmm. You know, because you see, like, you're seeing the worst of it, people, you know, and you're you're having to forgive and you're having to move past. And, you know, like, you're, we did, I remember our first trip, we landed in Texas, set up, and then the next weekend we were going to Missouri. We loaded up all the trucks, hit the road. My van got lost. Like, we're in the middle of literally nowhere. Like, I'm literally looking around. We're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we got pulled over. <laughs> and, um which is really funny. We didn't actually get pulled over. Someone got pulled over, but we couldn't tell if we were getting pulled over. So we pulled over as well. So then the, then the sheriff walks in and goes, why did you guys stop? And then, and then, but we didn't realize that he had come up to us after he had already handled the car behind us. Oh. <laughs> and so we're up there. I remember this clear as day. Cause I'm half asleep. 
I'm like, why are we getting, I literally like fell asleep and I wake up to red and blue lights behind us. I'm like, yeah. what happened? I'm like, we're in the middle of nowhere. I have no phone signal. Like, this is just, we're going to die. Like, this is it. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, take me home. Like, you know, like I said, this is, this is it. And, um, anyways, <laughs> then the sheriff walks up to us, trying to figure out why we stopped. And so we're trying to explain, like, hey, yeah, we saw the bread and blue lights. We couldn't see if there was anything behind us. So we pulled over. He goes, oh, yeah, no, I pulled over the guy behind you. As he says this, the guy behind us gets out and takes off. Mm-hmm. And we're like, and so then my guy, one of the guys in the middle goes, officer, he's getting away. Chase him. Because <laughs> now we're hoping, like, there's a chase scene. He goes, I already, I already like, gave him a warning and sent him on his way. Like, so oh, he was man. on cell. But, um I say all that to say we were in a conversation and you were talking about like someone writing down things. We had I don't even know where they're at anymore, but it was just um, uh, it was like random things that we've ever we all said throughout the whole summer and they like sent it out. And so like you, I go back and read all these things. And the one thing that I remember is I had a friend of mine who was Skylar. He uh, we were driving somewhere and he was talking about how. Um, his uh what do you call it um he two things he said he worked at applebee's and he she wanted an unsweet tea but like wanted um and wanted uh, but she wanted didn't want didn't like their sweet tea but she wanted unsweet tea and she wanted to sweeten herself so he brought out sugar packets and she's like oh i don't like those sugar packets and literally opened her purse and had like just a ton of sugar packets in her purse that she would use and stuff like that and then uh but then he goes, he goes, yeah, he said, I'll have my favorite Bible verse. He goes, y'all ready? He said, what the heck? So it's, and lo, he was pissed. Hesitations, four, six, oh, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> just a, stupid things like that. Yeah. But, well, I, I'll tell you something about that, man. If, if you ever get to a point in your life where you are holding bulk packages of sugar in your purse, <laughs> you may need to reevaluate uh, what you what you put in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's funny. Um. Yeah, man. So, what is your um, kind of tying back a little bit? Uh, we talked about favorite uh, scriptures. What is your favorite um, Bible story? So, I had a friend of mine on last week, and he was talking about how, like, when you read the New Testament, how it's kind of like when you read it, like it's it's good and it's all that stuff, but it's kind of like it's not like when you read the Old Testament. Kind of like when you read the Old Testament, it's, it's stories. It's like kind of like reading like a novel. You know, but versus reading the New Testament, it's kind of reading, you know, kind of like historical trans- transcripts and stuff like that, you know. So, like, when you flip back to, you know, Old Testament, so looking at, mainly looking at Old Testament, I guess you could do the whole Bible, but, like, what's your favorite Bible story? Yeah, I mean, I, I told you before we got on that I'm teaching Old Testament right now for our uh, Bible Institute, so I'm getting, like, really in-depth with some of these things, and mm-hmm. it's really cool. Um, I, I think that... Probably my favorite one to talk about would either be Ruth or Jonah. Mm. You know, they're short, um, they're really short and sweet. The point is very simple. Mm-hmm. But I think they reflect a lot back onto ourselves about, you know, for Jonah, you know, we all have that rebel at heart mentality where we're mm-hmm. kind of, you know, there's a lot of things that God might ask us to do in life that we don't want to do. And so, um, and what does God do with people? who say no to him. Well, he gives us a second chance and he pursues us and he, he helps us. And so he helps us do what he's called us to do, even when we rebel, maybe at first. So mm-hmm. I really love, I really love Jonah. Ruth is really great. You know, you have this awesome story of commitment and friendship. And one of the things I really love about it is the way God uses 
Ruth's friendship with Naomi to restore Naomi. Mm-hmm. You know, the story really isn't about Ruth. It's about Naomi, um, who has broken. She's been widowed. She's been she's lost her children. And Ruth comes along and the, at her lowest point in her life, and her friendship really brings her to the end of the story where instead of being, uh, you know, it changes her name to Mara, which means bitter, mm-hmm. uh, or bitterness, it changes back from Mara to Naomi, which means pleasant. Mm-hmm. And so all of that is because Ruth's faithfulness and commitment um, to her and really how God used Ruth's friendship for Naomi's betterment. And so for us, you know, I think... 21st century to see that man your your love and your commitment to your friends is one of the ways that God uses you to restore people is a it's a pretty awesome gift mm-hmm. and also the story's just it's just fun and yeah and unique so that's cool I uh so this week our pastor pastor Cliff is on in Argentina doing a mission trip and he is um so our we have campus pastors at each campus preaching and so our my boss's assistant she is out of town also on vacation and so this week i've been in test with putting the sermons in everywhere you know and so i've been you know reaching out to these guys going okay like what version do you use just you know i need to know these things because like they'll send me their passage but like they won't send me actually like what their you know, scriptures like typed out. So I'm like, I got to go on like Bible gateway and find it and stuff like that. And so I get to our South campus pastor and he emails us his, like his, his points and he's got all these things. And he goes, Jude, Jude 17 through 24. And so I emailed back. I said, Hey, say, can you please send me your passage and what version you're using? He goes, it was in the notes. I said, right. I said, but you only sent me the verses. You didn't send me the, the, the chapter. And he emails back and goes, dude, there's only one <laughs> chapter in Jude. Yeah. And in that moment, I was like, oh, I feel really awkward right now. Because <laughs> he says, he goes, we only, normally it's only referenced by the verses because there's only one chapter. I was like, ah. Yeah, there's only, if there's only a few books like that in the Bible. Yeah. You know, Jude, Obadiah. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta watch out for those, Philemon. Yeah. And so I'm like, there's only one chapter in the whole thing. And I was like, oof. And so, but well, that yeah. sounds like a pretty fun sermon, the end of Jude. Oh yeah, well, looking forward to hearing how that goes. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see that. And so he's he's really good at what he does, and I enjoy his preaching. But so, but yeah, or um, but I I think I could I talked about. I think there's a lot of favorite Bible stories. I mean, I think I've always liked Jonah. I think that's you know, um, I like to I, I jokingly call it the you know, the first ever cliffhanger story. Mm. You know, because how it ends and things yeah. like that. And then, I, like I talked about last week on the podcast, I, t- I like the story of, you know, Joshua on the Wall of Jericho. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've taught on that one before, and I like, to, I like um, anytime I've, I've, I've been asked to teach a lesson or things like that, I kind of bring that one back because it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, I like talking about how, you know, the obstacles we have in our lives and things like that. And that's, you know, the the how we always have those hopeless situations you know i i, t- I kind of title the talk of finding hope hope and hopeless situations yeah and i i tie it through with everything you know our excuse me our south campus youth group uh when they f- we first started it was january of this year and we did i had two weeks in a row that we had to do kind of the person who was leading it was out of town so like 
we did the first like you know January first we had a um like a like a campfire just kind of like small devotional kind of thing like that and then the second week we had a we went full, full swing and so I taught the lesson and so I was so in the middle of my lesson I'm talking about how like hopeless situations throughout all all of scripture you know yeah. talking about like David and Goliath and Gideon you know three hundred versus three hundred thousand you know. Abraham and Isaac, like all these like hopeless situations, you know, Moses for when he, they hit the Red Sea, like, you know, all of these things throughout the uh, of scripture. And then that's when we had learned at that exact moment, because we were, were three months into the youth group, you know, we had 10 kids and we're trying to figure out, still figure out this whole, what does this youth group look like? You know, what are these, what are these kids levels and things like this? And so, um, we had started off going through the, um, uh, I don't want to say this wrong, wrong, but um, it's not catechism. Is it catechism? I don't know. We we started going off through something, and it was it was really good. It was just very deep theology, very heavy theology, and um, as we're going through all of these things, and so then, but then I, I sat down. And I'm like, yeah, David and Goliath, and I mean, it was like blank stares. I'm like, you don't know about David and Goliath, you know, little guy, big giant, you know. Veggie tales, like something as simple as that, you know. Yeah. And so that was at that moment I realized, like, wow, like these kids don't know the basic Bible stories. Yeah. You know, like they don't know the simple, like you know, things we all, grew, you know, kind of not really necessarily maybe took for granted, but just kind of what we grew up listening to, you know, kind of our whole lives. These kids didn't right. have that, and so. Yeah, man. I mean, I I don't have the stats with me, but I've you know taught on it quite a few times before. But biblical biblical literacy in our in our country is definitely mm-hmm. going down in the past 20 30 years um but then in our you know the next generation especially you know that's that's going to be an issue that we really have to wrestle with because you know they need you know the stories really you know give us the skeleton for the bible you know you kind of have these high points these peaks and we really need to make sure that they know those things yeah for, for sure that um and so we we then started we we pivoted left and started going through the Old Testament starting with you know creation and we're kind of working our way through kind of like the you know the the major stories of the Bible kind of going through all these things and so and and they they were starting to get in and really grasp it you know and so certain weeks we took one week on certain stories we took two or three weeks on to you yeah. know really break it down and make sure they were understanding the foundations of it you know that's awesome and so um but yeah, so what is your favorite, let's see, what is your favorite part of youth ministry? The, like the whole ministry as a whole, like, I, I, I think you said, uh, yeah, stu- we, we talked about students earlier, so student, like, but like, yeah. I get, okay, so, so let, me, let me change that, so stu- like being, having the student relationship is your favorite part of student ministry, what is your, like, What's the word? How, how do I want to describe this? Like your favorite, um, like time, like the, the, is it like, is it prepping for a sermon? Is it, you know, getting to plan events? Is it like, dude, I hate planning events. I hate planning events. I hate planning, <laughs> I hate planning games. I hate running games. You know, I, I do it cause I think it's important, but right. I'm a preacher. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, Preparing a message and then really it's delivering delivering the message is like my bread and butter. It's what I love to do. Um, you know, 
also I think planning sermon series, mm-hmm. you know, because we plan those out oftentimes six months, sometimes even a year in advance. Right. Um, so just kind of seeing, okay, what do my students need? What are they, where are they at? What are some, you know, felt needs that they have? What are some struggles they're going through? Or what are some, maybe some um, areas in their spiritual development that is mm-hmm. kind of lacking or needing a little tune-up? And then planning it ahead and figuring out, you know, how do we make sure we're meeting those things with while also considering the whole counsel of God. You know, right. we don't want to leave out things. We don't, and we have, you really think about it, you got seven years with a sixth grader right. before they graduate. So what am I going to cover in seven years that's going to be beneficial to them? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't need to, you know, you only get, and most students only come two or three times a month at most. Right. You know, so, you know, how do you make the most of that short time? And, yeah, love preaching. I love, you know, specifically when I get to do evangelistic messages, which I always preach the gospel, always give an invitation. But when there's a mm-hmm. message that's, you know, it's, it's it's you know, first Wednesday back after school's out or, right. you know, one of the D now, and we're trying to help people understand the gospel really in depth and really personally for them. Like that is that is the stuff I wake up for. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff like that just gets me going. I love that. That's cool. So we talked about watching like funny videos. Have you ever seen the? Um, I don't even know who they are, but it's a group of guys that do like a podcast and they talk about awkward youth moments. Youth like group these, chronicles. I think so. But yeah. yeah. Do you ever have you ever had any moments like that where you're? I definitely, like, I definitely have, and I my my students want me to submit one to them, but I don't <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say one. There's some stuff I would not. I definitely shouldn't share, but would have liked to, but. Um, actually two years ago, our, my first camp with this youth group, mm-hmm. we were, we had a great night. We hadn't, you know, one of the, obviously one of the big success indicators of camp is like salvations and decisions mm-hmm. and spiritual, like, you know, you know, breakthroughs and things like that. Uh-huh. For me, also one of the success factors is like no major injuries, <laughs> you know, no major breaking of equipment, things like that. The truck made it there and back. That's great. Um, well, this year, that particular year, it was night four. So it's the night before we go home. We had a great night. We had a great like community building, mm-hmm. so much fun. And, you know, by the end of the week, most people are kind of tired. So their decision-making abilities are kind of getting, you know, out <laughs> of whack. And, uh, I'm in my dorm. It's like 1130 and I hear like a blood curdling scream <laughs> from down the hall. And it was loud, man. It was loud. And so I run down the hall, open the door, and one of our students is in the room uh, with his roommate, and there is, like, a giant roach on the ground on his stuff, and he is, like, screaming like a baby about this about this roach. And so not only did I run in there, but about four or five other guys <laughs> ran down the hall to see what it was. And so they're all in the room, like, scared and freaking out and jumping up, you know, over this roach. And I had this great idea. I thought, you know, what would Jesus do in this moment, right? And so I, I grabbed the door and I pulled it shut and I locked them in the room with the roach. And so you can just hear on the other side, they're all like screaming and freaking out and they're trying to get this this thing. And so they start pulling on the door and they're pulling like really hard and I'm pulling on the door and uh, I'm pulling and pulling and pulling and I ripped the door handle straight in half. Like, not out of the socket, just it breaks in half. And I'm sitting there 
on the ground, two of my students looking at me with half a door handle in my hand <laughs> and a student from another youth group filming me. Okay. Uh, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, no, like everybody, you know, it ended up being fine. But um, and we didn't get fined for the door handle. Well, I, don't, I was very surprised about that. Um, that's but, fun. Yeah, so that was that was fun, and I um, I I really I I really I would do that again. I would do that again. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I've obviously never had those awkward youth moments, but I remember I was up at FSU. This is um, I was so I was at this place called Think Old Ledge. It was it, it's for 4-H. I don't know if you know 4-H or, or not, but. We were doing this event where we are, um, we're actually in the, like the House and Senate, like the legit House and Senate where they pass bills and all that stuff. And they're, oh, you know, wow. and so like we get to pass mock bills and hit the button and talk and do all these things. And so it was our first night, first night up there. And we all walked over to dinner and then we're over at dinner and we're having a great time and we're walking back. And so then it was i was sitting here and it was there was this girl there that was just really just i think she she had this major crush on me and it was really awkward and i'm like it was just not reciprocated i'm just like this is weird like da 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 and so then um so then i had some friends of mine that were you know that had i had met that week and had really gotten to know and so they were like they had they could see the awkwardness there so they were trying to like help keep like corral me and keep me whatever well one of my friends she decided that she was so i was friends with her she was friends with this other random person and so she decided that she was trying going to try and um upset this girl by walking arm in arm with me you know jokingly oh, to whatever geez. and so this is you know and so this is you know so i just jokingly play along with it like whatever ha 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 and i was like cause thinking like they this will you know, she'll back off and then we'll go our separate ways and it'll be done. Because I was never one of those kids that like camp love. Nah, then nah, I was, you know, I, I was very more practical going like, I'm never going to see you again. Like, you know, and so I was like, and so anyway, so long story short, we're, um, we start running now. Cause then, cause then we have this conversation where she's like, well, I'm in track and she's like, I bet I can run faster than you. I was like, nah, I can run faster than you. So we start running. Mind you, so this is at FSU is where we're staying. So mm-hmm. I didn't set this concept. So we're at FSU, and we're running, and it's raining. And we're just finished raining, so everything's wet. So uh, <laughs> we're literally running back to the dorm, and we're full speed sprinting. And so the thing about me is I can, I can once I get up to speed, I don't stop well. Mm. I do not stop well. I do not. So I'm running, and we're getting, like, I see the door. This is the, this is the checkpoint. So I'm pedaling back. I'm trying to slow myself down. Well, I hit one of their non-slip mats, Ooh. and it slipped. She ran straight into the brick wall of the building. Hit the hit the wall. Wait, why did she run into the building? Because she was she she couldn't stop either. <laughs> and so so she ran into the building. Well, then I palmed the the window of the door. Oh no. <laughs> And so, because I couldn't stop, so I palmed the window. Now, mind you, this window is supposed to be like the safety glass doesn't break, doesn't do anything. And I sh- I didn't shatter it, but I cracked it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and so, they're like, do you know how much force you would have had to take on hitting that window? You didn't and break so, your hand or anything? No, I didn't break my hand. Dang, man, that's crazy. And, and so, like, I, I palmed it, and... 
what was really funny is in the moment it hurt. Just like, oh, that hurt, that hurt, that hurt. Like, yeah. oh, that actually really hurts. And so what got me out of trouble and what got – and I, they didn't charge the 4-H for anything. I didn't get kicked out. <laughs> Not a proud moment, but I kind of held on to my hand yeah. like the whole night and kept saying how much it hurt. Yeah. And kind of played it out even though it wasn't hurting. There you go. Because they were like, yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know. Uh, a little insurance fraud in the making over here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so that's just basically what it is because, like, they didn't want to, you know, they didn't, didn't want to get sued for, you know, because it was a non-slip mat. And it was that, like. Yeah, so, if you think about it, it really is their fault because right. it, it slipped. It's just, yeah, come the, on. The, the mat slipped and then the window, like, wasn't supposed to shatter and crack yeah and they got the non-slip and, and the window on wish is what yeah, happened exactly <laughs> and so um but yeah i know and so i was known for the rest of the week as the window breaker that was my title that's not a bad name and so um and like everyone knew me like i all of a sudden became the popular kid for the week and so that. it was it was not not what i recommend and not one of my proudest moments but it was one of the funnier moments of like ah. no that's and good so, but and then uh it was actually funny. So then, like a month later, we're at um, University of Florida, mm-hmm. and it's it's another it's another event, and um and so we're we're there, and it's more laid back and it's more fun. And so like as we're walking around, I'm I'm trying to see if I know anybody and just kind of trying to get my bearings, and because I'm like I, every way I, I knew it led, I was gonna know it at UF. And so I'm at UF, I'm walking around, and I hear yo window breaker. It's <laughs> like. Ah oh boy, <laughs> Inf- infamy. Yeah, it's like there you uh, go. that's you know, and they they signed my yearbook is I always remember when you broke the window. I love that. And I was like, huh. so, everybody can use a good nickname. Yeah, window, window breaker. That's good. Yeah, and for the for the for the youth that I know at downtown that are listening to this podcast, you do not get to call me window breaker. Mm, they're gonna call they're gonna call me window breaker. I just I know it. But uh, we'll, that's we'll, funny. We'll, well, they say they listen to this podcast. This will be a good test. Yeah, shout out! Shout out to South Campus, yeah, or yeah. downtown, or whoever. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to all the youth that are listening right now. If you're actually listening, you know, let me know. But, um, but yeah, man. So it's exciting. It's been, it's been a fun ride. It's been. I think we always have those fun moments. And so, but, so I got one last deep, very deep theological thing I want to talk about. Okay, dad jokes. Dad jokes? You got any, any guy dad jokes? Yeah, I don't have dad jokes, man. I don't. I, I, what? You know, my, my, you can ask my wife, my sense of humor is more off the cuff than planned. So I don't really have, would you have one? I, uh, yes, I do. What do you got? An apple a day will keep anyone away if you throw it hard enough. Uh, that's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, I don't trust anybody in Chris. Why is that? Because if Chris crossed applesauce, what would he do to you? Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Exactly. You gotta watch out for that. I know, right? Watch for watch out for Chris. Exactly. Everybody put Chris on blast, man. Exactly. Is there? Do you know any Chris's? I don't, but well, maybe I do. But I do know. <laughs> I think about that. But I don't. Uh, one of my favorite shows as a kid, uh, teenager, was Everybody Hates Chris. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so. about Chris Rock. So you know, there's there's some precedent there for Chris <laughs> hatred, anti Chris. Right stuff. When know, I was, that. we had this event called Beach Retreat back when I was in high school. We did this thing. We went to Panama City, met a couple other churches. We did this whole like thing, and it was uh, it was fun. And so, um, the end of the year, end of the night, one for one year, 
uh, me and our youth pastor Chris got up and did like a rap battle per se. And so we did um, a song called Dum Dum by Tadashi with Lecrae. And in Tadashi's part of the song, he goes, everybody hates Chris. You know, and what's really funny is because right. the guy that I'm going with, his name is Chris. Oh, dang. And so, like, was able to, and so, and uh, it was actually kind of funny because then also that same night, the, one of the lines is, I'm 6'2", I'm 6'2", plus I'm tatted up. Yeah. And so that night, getting ready for the thing, I had a friend of mine who was really good at drawing. And so I printed out the, their, 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 it's called the 116 click yeah, yeah. tattoo. So, like, they did that whole, like, drawing on my arm with, like, permanent marker. Wow. And, like, did it. And it, looked, it looked legit. So, like, I, you know, I, I held my arm up and did this whole I bet thing. But your mom and, loved that when you when, she, when you came home. It, it, it washed <laughs> off that night. Like, it was gone. And so, but. Oh, I love that. That's pretty fun. I, uh, speaking of permanent marker, I, when I did camp, we did this, we did missions, you know, giving to missions offering and stuff like that. So, you always try to get kids to give. And so. The last week of camp, I was like, let's do something crazy. Like, it's the last week of camp. We all go home. Like, even we go, like, I go home. Like, we all go home. Let's do something crazy. You guys, if you guys will raise <clears throat> the most money, like, the most money out of the whole, like, group, um, you guys can do. So, like, not only will we'll get, I get, like, they had, like, condiments they squirted on you. So, ketchup, mayonnaise, barbecue yeah. sauce, like, all the things. You know, all the stuff squirted on you. You guys can dump a cooler water on top of me. And you guys can, you know, appropriately write things with the the washable marker on my arms, and you can tattoo me for the for the weekend. Yeah. And so, <laughs> anyways, and so I was like, but appropriate, like don't don't be stupid, don't write, right. you know, don't be, you know, something that your your mom wouldn't be like <gasps> about, you know. And so, and then there was one kid who had really long hair, like, and he always the whole week talked about how like he took care of his hair and he loved his hair. He goes, if you guys. Will give. I will buzz cut my head. Wow. Well, hit one of his youth leaders was in that group. He goes, bro, I'll give you five hundred bucks right now to do that. And so our group raised like two thousand dollars that week. Oh, jeez. So like we literally walked in that day and walked into missions and like our our whole group just gave because it was like Thursday. It was the last day of camp, and so like our group just gave all their money. And so like we literally like you know filled the board up, and so that. So they got to do all the things they, they said wow, they could that's, do. That's awesome. But they're like, it was funny. So the night I, I did the tattoo was in high school, it was, it was literally done with a sharpie, and it washed off within like you know that night. It was gone. Like yeah. I, the next day, there was no remnant. This was literally washable marker. Like it said, washable marker on there. Two weeks oh, after camp, man. I am back at work and I still have tattoos all You're over. Having my... to rock long sleeves in the summer, you know, <laughs> right, it's yeah, just... like. And so I'm like, oh, this is awkward. And so, because I literally walked back and they're like, "What happened to you?" Because I'm literally like, I still have stuff all over me. I'm like, yeah, Jeez. summer camp. Well, so. summer camp, everything goes down at summer camp. <laughs> it really man. does. We um, I yeah, no, we've it's it's fun. I enjoy summer camp. It's always it's always an exciting time week of the year. Yes, so, it is. Um, well, hey, I got a question for you if, okay. you if you got a second. All right. So did you play baseball as a kid? I did not. Or you watch baseball? So whenever they, you know, a batter goes out, they uh-huh. usually have like a walkout song. Right. And I always, you know, I don't know if I would ever actually do this, but I always thought it was be fun mm-hmm. to have a walkout song for myself whenever I come out and do like things. Now, I know nice. that you had an intro. You know, that, that intro song, by the way, is pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Cool. If you're speaking or you're doing some kind of public thing, what would your walkout song be? Mm, that's a good question. I know that's hard. You got to think about it. You don't have to lock your answer in. You can change it. Okay? Right. 
for me, while mm-hmm. well, you think about it, for me, I don't know why, but the have you seen the show House? Yes. The theme song to House. I love that song. I think it'd be, <laughs> I think that's a sick. I think it'd be a great walkout song for a preacher. <laughs> nice. Um, let's see. What would be my walkout song? Um, that's a good question. I have to look, I have to look through my song options. Is it going to be more in the rap vein, or are you going to do something more like instrumental, acoustic, worship? Um, it's a walkout song kind of has to be hype. It really does. <laughs> Here's a funny moment. So I was cracking up. You ever like you're around people, but you're like in your own world. And yeah, you're, like, yeah. In all the time. <laughs> so we're sitting there, and I was. It was just back when we had the, our, our church called the Jazz Center. We had a little building over on the side. And we were listening to Disney music for some reason. Like someone just put Disney music on. So it's yeah. all the, you know, the, and so I'm literally walking like from the back of the room all the way down to the front of the stage, like carrying some stuff and like whatever. I'm like, I'm carrying like a lot of stuff on stage. So like, I'm like, it looks like I'm just like, just, you know, jacked and like carrying these really heavy stuff. And we're down to the part of the song where like, you know, like, let's get down to business, you know, to do, you know whatever. It's like, I'll make a man out of you or whatever. And it's like, I started like walking to the beat of the song. It was really funny. Oh man! And so it's it's just you know, I'm hopefully no one ever saw it, but it was just really funny because I'm just like, like, uh, what would I, what would I walk down to? What would be my walkout song? Um. Well, I on that same note, while you're thinking, I uh, a few months ago now, I was at an event here, and it was like a late night event. I don't know really what I was doing, but it was uh-huh. like seven, eight o'clock. Might have been D now. It was like seven, eight o'clock or something. And, like, nobody was supposed to be here. Like, I, nobody was supposed to be here. I was going unlocking doors. Me and my buddy were going unlocking doors uh, for a game we were playing. We were going to play Laser Tag or something. Manhunt or whatever. So I, and we are talking about that song, I Ran. And so we're singing I Ran at the top of our lungs in this hallway. <laughs> and I open this door, to, and there is a Boy Scouts meeting happening but like a leadership <laughs> meeting and they had the lights off for some reason because they were doing projector or whatever That's so i didn't know they were in there funny. and i was like and I, and I was like i scream, i sang it out and i was very embarrassed i was like i'm sorry i'm gonna leave now and then lo and behold the next night was a wednesday night one of the scouts one of the girls who was in that scouts meeting mm-hmm. had her first time at youth group that night and she was i told the story and she was like i was there i saw it you did it I was like, "Oh my goodness. That's great." Um I think uh I would think it, it would be just off the top of my head like cause I'm not going to lock this in permanently, but off the top of my head I think it would be um friend like you or friend like me from Aladdin, but the live action. Yeah, that, that okay. Drumming, you know. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so but uh, but yeah no I think it'd be friend like me I and like so, that that was fun I like I've that. always been a huge Aladdin fan yeah and so well, Aladdin's a good one to choose yeah so but yeah uh, so what would be so so um, we joked about uh, so like if so like the next D now you know if you guys have us back then we'll, we'll I'll make sure we'll have all after so as I pray and you walk on stage I'll make sure I'll hit a track hit the you, track yeah you yeah. walk out to you know <laughs> I, that would be delightful. I would love to. I would love to have that song. Sometime. Be the last time we get called back to. But that, that's something. Some, that's something that you know, I cannot initiate. Like if, <laughs> if I did that, or it'd be like, oh, that's too. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's not cool. But right. if somebody else did it for me, I'd be like, oh. yeah, we, we just as a band play. <laughs> it's not it for very you. humble of you, Pastor. You know? <laughs> 
Uh, that's funny. Have a, have a walk-in song. Yeah. Oh, could you just imagine if every Sunday morning a pastor had a walk-in song? Dude, why not? You know, yeah. you know, it's, we, we already, you know, church is already a show half the time anyway. So, <laughs> uh, just funny. kidding. Yeah, man. <laughs> we got we gotta say not nah, well, sign. Uh, for everybody so, who's listening, please provide your email addresses so I can sign a, or we can have you sign an NDA to, on this to, for this podcast. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's strict up in here. Oh yeah. Oh, just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. But, cool, man. Well, we, uh, it's been fun. I really enjoy, uh, hanging out with you, man. I appreciate you being on today's podcast. And so, we'll anytime. Have... I appreciate you, Phil. Yeah, man. We'll have you on for another episode. Maybe, uh, maybe with season two rolls around, we'll bring you back. Season two. All right. All right, man. See ya. See ya.